It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 931- one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and welcome to the virtual bible study thank you for being a part of the live broadcast tonight it is thursday december 13th 2007 this is the virtual Bible study in which we take your questions or comments over the phone at 877-381-4567 or via email at questions at collegeview.com. We appreciate you joining us on the program tonight, and we hope you'll stay tuned as we have an important discussion planned for tonight. Jacob, uh, it's good to be with you on the virtual Bible study tonight, and we are looking forward to the discussion. There's been some uh, information in the news recently that has sort of rekindled an old discussion, and it has to do with corporal punishment, that's what is, tip, is sometimes called, we more typically would call it spanking, whether or not it's right for parents to spank their children. I think some of our listeners may have heard in the news within the last couple of weeks that the uh, state legislature in the state of Massachusetts was contemplating enacting a law that would forbid parents to spank their children. And I've got part of that uh, legislation that was uh, proposed in Massachusetts. I want to read just part of it. It's very clear as what they were trying to get done there. It says, by enacting, uh, be it enacted by the Senate and House of Representatives in general court assembled and by the authority of the same as follows. Corporal punishment of children violates their rights to safe, secure, and respectful care. This section is intended to actively support nonviolent parenting. The provisions of this section are intended to eliminate the use of corporal punishment to discipline children because of the emotional harm and risk of bodily harm associated with corporal punishment of children. For the purposes of this section, the following words shall, unless the context indicates otherwise, have the following meaning, a child, any person under 18 years of age, corporal punishment, the willful infliction of physical pain or injurious or humiliating treatment. It shall be unlawful in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts for any adult to inflict corporal punishment upon a child. The infliction of corporal punishment on a child may be basis for a finding of abuse and neglect. And so it's pretty clear what the people in Massachusetts were considering there. And so we've we've proposed that as a topic for our discussion tonight on the virtual Bible study. And we'd like to get our listeners to join in that discussion. We sent out some questions earlier today, Jacob. A little unusual. I had three questions today. Let me give them real quickly. And if anybody's listening can still intends to uh, reply, we'd like that. Uh, question one, what is the biggest mistake that today's parents make in regards to disciplining their children? So what's the biggest mistake? Number two, what's the most important thing that parents must do to properly raise their children? And number three, what's the greatest dangers? What's the greatest danger to children that parents must be aware of in the modern world? So those were the questions we asked. We've got some input and we'd like to get some more. If you're listening tonight and have not replied, We'd like to get you to reply to those questions, and we'll try to get your responses on the program tonight. This is a listener interactive program in which your participation is greatly desired. You can do so by calling 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Along those lines, Dad, we have a special interview tonight. Uh, you were able to arrange this afternoon an interview with someone who would be supportive of that bill in Massachusetts. 
an interesting discussion uh, with this gentleman. Uh, introduce the interview for us. Jacob uh, did some research and found uh, uh, a group called Parents and Teachers Against Violence in Education. Uh, uh, their website is Project No Spank. And I was able to talk to the executive director and the founder of that organization, a man named Jordan Ryak, and interviewed him. He is definitely a no spank person and wanted to get some of his insights. Uh, I let him know right up front that we were coming from different perspectives on this question. Uh, he, he was very courteous to give us uh, some time in his point of view. All right. Here's the interview. We're talking on the telephone to Jordan Ryak. He's with an organization called Parents and Teachers Against Violence in Education. He's the executive director and founder of that organization. Uh, he's located in Alamo, California, and he's agreed to speak to us uh, uh, on the virtual Bible study, and we appreciate that very much. Thank you, Jordan. It's my pleasure. Jordan, you, you, you uh, manage a website, uh, and this is where I found your contact information. Your website is nospank.net, and you actually have a, a program called Program No Spank. Am I correct? Or Project No Spank. That's the name, the name of the website. Okay, Project but the, no the address you gave is right, nospank.net. Okay. Well, the reason why I called you, Jordan, and the reason that I wanted to talk with you is to get some of your insights. We, we know that this has been in the news off and on for many years, but even Recently, there's been some legislation suggested in the state of Massachusetts in which they would actually uh, make a law in the state where it would be illegal to spank children anywhere, even in the home. Right. Um, and I understand that that is your viewpoint, and I told you earlier that that is not my viewpoint, uh, and so we differ on this. But I wanted to get you some of your thoughts just briefly as to what you think are the principal reasons why corporal punishment should not be used. What's your thinking along that line? Well, I think that, that protecting children from assault and battery uh, should apply no differently than protecting women from being assault and battered by husbands. If you look at it historically, probably about 75 years ago, uh, we would have been having the discussion whether husbands have the right to moderately chastise their wives. And uh, today, we, you know, we, we, we look at that notion as being antiquated and, and out, of, out of step. Um, uh, and I think that the same applies to children. They should have the full protection against assault and battery that everyone else has, and there are already 21 countries that give them that. Um, it, it, this uh, year alone, there are five countries that have extended that right to children. Uh, most recently, the first Latin American country, um, uh, Uruguay, uh, gave that right to children. Okay. First one, yeah. Let me ask you. Sure. That, you know, I understand that you're equating, in other words, maybe a husband – of being physically abusive to his wife to a parent spanking a child. Now, uh, equate that for me. I mean, I would agree with you wholeheartedly that, that husbands should not be physically abusive to their wives. Uh, that, that is absolutely true. Yes. Um, but what what do you see as the – now, I, I agree. I'm, I'm 100% against child abuse. But what do you see as – is there any distinction in your mind between properly administered discipline and abusive conduct toward children? Well, here's, here's – let me explain it this way, if I can. Uh, the law is very clear that unwelcome hitting uh, of an adult is an assault uh, on that person. 
and 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 merely saying that the hitting that the assault was moderate or that it didn't leave a permanent bruise or that it was just intended to get the attention uh we don't accept that with regard to to adults treating each other um uh that way uh an employer who says well look i only gave my employee just a little smack to remind her to turn the lights off when she leaves the office at night and i didn't leave any bruises i didn't hurt her it was just to convey uh, 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 my my dissatisfaction with her her neglect of her duties. Uh, that secretary calls nine one one and the perpetrator is arrested. You simply we know that we can't do that. Unfortunately, the laws in 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 the United States in in all our states uh, leave a gaping uh, a loophole a legal loophole for people who hit children. And uh, I agree. A mild smack is not as bad as a bad smack, but but why should the law make any exception? Why should why should there be lack of protection uh, for um, for children? Okay, a couple of follow up questions then. Sure. What would what would you recommend uh, as an alternative? I mean, disciplining children is necessary. They're going to they're going to misbehave. They're going to have to be taught proper behavior. Yes. What what forms of discipline would be acceptable in your estimation? Well, you know, parenting uh, it's it's impossible for me to give you a, a parenting course in a in a soundbite. Sure, sure. Uh, anyone visiting a Barnes and Noble bookshop or going on the internet can find enormous amount of of good parenting advice, and I have um, uh, a section on our website dealing with uh, with parenting. Uh, it, it's it's complex, uh, and it and the parenting mode depends on the age of the child. The way you would uh, uh, um, uh, manage a one year old is very different sure. from the way you'd manage well, a six year old. I, I agree, and that was a poorly worded question. Yeah. Uh, but let me ask you this: yeah. Can you can you foresee any situation where f- physical contact with a child would be necessary? Uh, in in any situation. Oh yes, if a child's going to fall out of a second story window, you grab the child. Um, I mean, I can look. We have physical contact all the time. If I'm sitting in the car and I'm driving, and I abruptly step on the brakes, so the car, I see something happening, and I have to quickly step on the brakes. My right hand automatically, without thinking, moves across the passenger at my right to keep that person from flying into the windscreen, whether it's my wife or my child, or if you're sitting alongside me, my arm automatically goes to the right to, 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 to grab that person so they don't hit the dashboard or the windscreen. Uh, you know, that we, sure, there's physical contact, but hitting, hitting is a different story. Okay. If I deliberately strike someone because I'm, I'm unhappy with their conduct, that should not be permitted by law. Now, let me ask you one more follow-up question. Sure. I don't want to take too much time. And, and, and again, I don't mean to put you on the spot unfairly. No, but are by you, all means. I have plenty of time, and I'm happy with your question. Are you a, are you a Bible-believing person? Uh, no. Okay. No. So those of us who are, we're, we're dealing with the fact that the Bible teaches that 
corporal punishment properly administered is necessary for the rearing of children. How would you respond to those of us who are Bible believers who say our our faith tells us that this is a necessary thing and that God has actually instructed us to parent our children in these ways? Uh, How would you address that position? Well, I would say that you're reading the Bible selectively. If you want to find examples and advice for good behavior, you can find them in the Bible. If you want to find examples and advice for bad behavior, you can also find them in the Bible. The Bible tells you that it, that uh, that uh, violating the Sabbath, uh, uh, that that there is a death penalty for violating the Sabbath. Uh, but if you go out on a Sunday and you and you try to impose the death penalty on all the people violating the Sabbath, you're going to be in big trouble. The Bible tells uh, tells us that a, a woman who commits adultery or anybody who commits uh, adultery uh, yeah. should be stoned to death. We don't do that. In fact, let me ask you: Did you look at the label on the, the last time you bought clothing to be sure that it's not a blend? of wool and cotton because you're mixing animal and vegetable and the bible forbids that i understand your argument uh yes uh, so just i want to just summarize give you a chance to just summarize your position basically it is an absolute prohibition against any physical action of disciplining toward children um you, you, you use the word hitting, uh, yeah. and and maybe that, in my mind, carries a negative connotation, but you equate spanking with hitting, and you spanking make no is, distinction. Spanking is just a sweet word, a sugary word for hitting. If I, it, it, you know, if, if your neighbor spanked you because your garden sprinkling system put spots on his new car, you'd have him arrested for assault and battery. Okay. Uh, Nobody should have a legal right, a privilege, to assault and batter another person. All right. Finally, and, let me ask you, uh, Jordan, do you, do you see serious negative impact or consequence upon children who are exposed to that kind of disciplinary action? Yes. Uh, I taught for, for three years at California State Prison Folsom, and one of the things I routinely did was was survey the men in my classes i found that that virtually 100% of them were raised with spanking and if you look at the research conducted over the past 60 years it shows that spanking puts children at risk for uh, uh behavior problems uh you know there's a whole list of them we would take uh, we could talk an hour about the the fallout i have much of that on the website it's well known that doesn't mean that everyone who's spanked is going to have those those behaviors but it puts them at risk, just as everyone who everyone who smokes is not going to get emphysema or lung cancer. But we know it's risky behavior, and and wise people avoid doing it. Do you think that one of the things I'd have to challenge you about? You're, yes. you're equating the fact that children who were spanked end up in prison. I mean, that obviously is not no, the case. No, I, I no. Let me let me make that clear. Okay. I'm saying children who are people who are in prison, almost 100 percent of them were were raised with corporal punishment. That's very different than saying 100% of people who are raised in corporal punishment with corporal punishment are going to wind up in prison. They're not equivalent. But would you, I'm saying it's a risk factor. Would you, would you agree with me that those who are in prison who, who experience corporal punishment, though more than likely were experiencing very abusive type of relationships? Well, we know that, we know that after the fact. We know that when, when a parent 
spanks a child and there are no bad consequences, like the child doesn't go to the hospital or is not killed, we say that was just a spanking. When the child is injured or killed, then we say the spanking went too far. I'm saying let's draw the line at this behavior. Let's call it what it really is. It's not spanking. It's assault and battery. We should not make exceptions for that kind of treatment of children. Would you argue that a parent who does spank his child is manifesting a lack of love for his child? Not necessarily. That parent is just misinformed. Uh, look, I was raised with, with a lot of, there were a lot of mistakes that were made when I was a child. I drove, I was in, transported in cars that didn't have seat belts. I used a bicycle all my childhood. I never wore a helmet. Uh, my house was painted with lead-based paint. Every, all the adults in my house smoked. I was exposed to cigarette smoke all the time. In fact, my mother smoked when she was pregnant with me. We don't do those things anymore because we know better. A parent who wants to raise their child in a way that is safe gets informed about this issue. Uh, you, you look, before you get a driver's license, you take driver's education. I would like to see our schools offer parenting education. And if you look at the, the expert research on the issue and you look at what other countries, advanced countries, have decided, you'll see that hitting children has only a downside. There's no advantage, and it puts children at serious risk. I'm not saying that every spanking leads to abuse or, or serious consequences, but the risk is high. Why take the risk if it's unnecessary? Okay. Well, Jordan, I appreciate you spending some time with us on the telephone uh, uh, so that we can play this recording a little later on the virtual Bible study. Thank you for joining us. And, uh, again, let me give uh, your website. To be fair, I want to give this website so people can check it out if they care to do so. It's nospank.net. Nospank.net. And Jordan Ryak, thank you for joining us on the Virtual Bible Study. Thank you. I've enjoyed our conversation. All right. There you have it, uh, the discussion about spanking. We want to hear your thoughts. Dad, it was a very interesting interview. Uh, definitely a different perspective, but we'd be interested to hear our listeners' comments on uh, on the interview and on your questions about uh, discipline ch- and disciplining children. Yes, I'd, li- I'd especially like to get some of our uh, listeners to, to give their thoughts about what uh, – Mr. Ryak said concerning uh, not spanking and some of the some of the parallels that he drew. Uh, again, as I told him, uh, we're coming from a different position on that. I don't agree with his conclusions, and we'd like to hear some of you all. Do you agree or not agree? Give us a call or send us an email. All right. The number to call is 877-381-4567. The email address to use with your questions or comments is questions at collegeview.com. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. I'm Joel Gwynn, a member of the College View Church of Christ with something for you to think about regarding our children. A survey published in the periodical Pulpit Helps analyzed the question of faithfulness among the children of churchgoers. The results are interesting. It was found that faithfulness in kids was not a function of the size of the congregation, the number of classes and special programs sponsored by the church, the effectiveness of the youth minister. Instead, here is what was discovered. In cases where both parents were faithful and active, 93% of their children remained faithful to their religious training. When only one parent was faithful and active, the percentage dropped to 73%. When parents were only reasonably active, attended services, but that's all, their kids remained faithful only 53% of the time. And finally, when the parents attended the assemblies only infrequently, the children's endured at a mere 6% level. The results of this survey are interesting, but not terribly surprising. 
We've known all along that people, including children, often learn more from example than from the words they hear. That's why Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Matthew 5:16. Parents, have you considered applying Jesus' concept right there in your own home? Are you letting your light shine before your kids? Survey results. Our own common sense and the Bible tells us that this is the only hope that we have to bring them up fearing God. I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. And welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight as we talk about disciplining children. And we'd like to hear from you at 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. We'd like to hear your comments about the interview with Mr. Mr. Ryak. What do you think about that? What do you think about disciplining your children? Dad, the interview was uh, very interesting, but certainly some things there that uh, deserve some comment. Yes, I, I want to comment about some of the things. That I, I pretty much wanted to hear uh, Jordan Ryak's point of view, and so I didn't interrupt him any more than I felt was necessary. Uh, but I do want to comment because I don't agree with all the conclusions that he has drawn, obviously, and, and I'd like to get uh, some of our listeners to, to give us their input as well. But one of the things that I don't agree with is that, he equates spanking children, a proper spanking, not an abusive spanking, not not any kind of child abuse kind of thing, but a properly administered spanking. He equates that to assault and battery, and uh, he, he equates that to a husband beating his wife, for instance, or one adult assaulting another adult. He mentioned a boss who might, uh, you know, uh, smack his his uh, worker to remind her to shut off the lights when she leaves the room. To me, that's the equivalent of comparing apples and oranges. That's not the same thing. Certainly so. And he said that, uh, you know, if you were doing something and someone were to smack you, that that would be an assault. An unwelcome uh, contact would be an assault and battery and uh, therefore would be illegal. But uh, that doesn't that's not those aren't parallels. We we think about a child uh, telling a child that they need to clean their room. That's permissible. But and we force our children would force our children to clean their room. Well, if someone were to force you to clean your room, that would be the equivalent of slavery, right? And and well, I remember when I was a kid that I was a picky eater, and when my mom would fix a roast, for instance, I wouldn't eat it, and my dad would make me sit at the table until I finally choked it down. Everybody would get up and leave, and I'd be left there for half an hour or an hour. Because I wouldn't eat my my uh, meat and vegetables. College kids do that. They force people to eat things. They call that hazing. There are rules against that. Yeah. But there's no, there's no problem with a, ch- a parent of forcing child a children. And, and to so eat. what what a parent might do to a child cannot be equated with what one, what one adult would do to another adult. I don't think. Uh, uh, I I found on the internet uh, a definition assault and battery on the website of the law offices of Aaron Larson. Assault is an intentional, unlawful threat or offer to cause bodily injury to another by force, and battery is the willful or intentional touching of a person against that person's will. Now, there are in the law stated exceptions to that. Some people have privilege to uh, threaten others with harm if they continue in a course and to actually touch them if they do so. Police, for instance. Exactly. Police or in self-defense or in defense of others or in defense of property. And one of the legal exceptions, and of course this is what Mr. Ryak was talking about. This is what he'd like to have changed. One of the legal exceptions to the laws of assault and battery are discipline. People, Some people, it says, are legally authorized to apply physical restraint or battery in order to discipline others. 
In, uh, for example, in most jurisdictions, parents are legally authorized to apply reasonable physical discipline upon their children. You know, Mr. Ryak tried to make a parallel between a boss striking his secretary and a parent applying a corporal punishment to their child. That is a, not a, a parallel. Not a, uh, Those can't be equated. Here is the parallel that Mr. Ryak did not use but should be used. If Mr. Ryak says a, ch- a parent cannot use corporal punishment on a child, then a police officer cannot contact in any way, make any bodily contact with a criminal. I think that's I think that's the argument we'd you'd, you'd have to answer. In other words, there are exceptions. Typically, we don't you know typically we don't threaten or touch other people, but there are exceptions. One of those exceptions we believe that is legitimate is parents. Parents say, "Stop that behavior, or I will punish you. Stop that behavior, or I'll spank you." Now, is that a reasonable exception? Well. Is it a reason, as you just said, Jay, is it reasonable for a police officer to say, stop that action or I will beat you with my baton or I will shoot you with my gun? Is that reasonable? That's what society has to decide. And there has to be some basis upon which to decide that. But that, to say that all things are the same, all things are equal is not fair, I don't think, in argument. Let us know your thoughts about the interview. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. One of the telling things, I believe, about the interview, Dad, was you ask him, did he believe in the Bible? The answer was flat out no. That's that, that's true. And I mean, that, that was an honest answer, and I appreciate his honesty. But he was an informed person. He knew some of what the Bible said. And he argued that those of us who believe the Bible, who believe that it teaches the use of corporal punishment, are guilty of selective reading of the Bible. In other words, basically, the, uh, the charge was that we apply certain things that the Bible teaches, but not all. And he gave examples, for instance, about violating the Sabbath day with a death penalty, a death penalty for committing adultery, or a penalty for wearing clothing that is a mixture of, of wool and cotton. Those are all Old Testament uh, uh, rules. Those are all ordinances of the law of Moses. We understand that we're not bound by those laws any longer. We don't enforce the Sabbath law because it's not a part of the New Testament will of Jesus Christ. And so I'm not sure that he would understand the distinction we make between the Old Testament and the New Testament, but those arguments didn't carry, carry any force for me because I think we clearly understand that those were provisions of the Old Testament law of Moses that are not pertinent to Christians today. And then he made uh, what I believe was an outrageous argument about uh, people in prison, his contacts with people in prison. He said uh, 100% of the people that he knew in prison had been spanked as children, and therefore he concluded that spanking your children was a risk factor for sending them to jail and may result in their incarceration. If you spank a child, you may be sending That's him to jail. That's a risk factor. It's a risk factor that could cause them to turn out to be a criminal. I don't know what he was doing there at the prison, but I hope he wasn't teaching science because that was a very unscientific observation. Well, you know, you could do, you could do a lot of things like that. For instance, I could make the argument that 100% of the high school valedictorians that I've ever known were people who had been raised with corporal punishment in the home, with spankings. Does that prove that could I then argue that spanking children is a, a an indicator, a precursor of high academic achievement? Well, it doesn't follow. I mean, that, that anybody, if I made that argument, anybody would say, well, that's a ridiculous argument. That doesn't necessarily follow. I don't think his argument that when he talked to people in prison, most of them had been raised with spanking proves that spanking children is a risk factor, risk 
factor for, for criminal behavior. We could look at the way that children were brought up and say that 100% of the people in prison were raised drinking water. Therefore, if you allow your child to drink water, it is a risk factor that they're going to go to prison. That's not a scientific observation. We would have to find a factor in the lives of people in prison who was that was not in the lives of people not in prison, and then we could maybe make a correlation. But this type of observation just simply is not scientific. That, uh, and again, and I think you're right. That's not a fair scientific uh, analysis of, of the uh, available information, and we don't have all the available information. Mr. Ryak was stating that as as something that he had drawn a conclusion from, but I don't think it's a, it's an ironclad conclusion. Uh, although I understand the argument he was making, I don't think it was a totally fair one. Um, let, let us know your thoughts. We'd like to hear from you on the phone or over email at eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Email questions at collegeview dot com. Uh, Jacob, we've got an email coming in uh, concerning the interview from Jason in Pennsylvania. He says, "I agree that wives and children shouldn't be abused." But equating spanking with beating seems like a ridiculous correlation to me. I would like to believe that the creator of all things knows what is best for our children. Also, Mr. Ryak's response to what the Bible teaches equating spanking and stoning someone to death was uh, ignorant and a ridiculous correlation also. Well, I, uh, I think what Mr. Ryak was trying to do is to get us to, uh, to make the point that he does not see us consistently applying everything that's taught in the Bible. But... As I was just explaining, we understand that the laws that he was referencing were Old Testament laws given by Moses to the children of Israel and are not laws that are pertinent to Christians living uh, under the law of Christ, the New Testament law of Christ. And so uh, I'm not sure Mr. Reich would have been aware of our distinction in that matter, and therefore uh, I don't think his argument stands it's time for a break. We'll look forward to hearing from you on the other side of the break. Again, 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Hello, my name is Trent Haynes, and I'm a member of the College View Church of Christ. In a scanning of the book of Proverbs, it provides us several reasons to discipline our children to show you don't hate them. He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. Chapter 13, verse 24. To give them hope, discipline your son, for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to his death. Chapter 19, verse 18. To help them for a lifetime, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not turn from it. Chapter 22, verse 6. To chase away foolishness. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. Chapter 22, verse 15. To save his soul, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish him with a rod, he will not die. Punish him with a rod and save his soul from death. Chapter 23, verse 13 through 14. For your own comfort, discipline your child, and he will give you peace. He will bring delight to your soul. Chapter 29, verse 17. Parents need to read and understand these passages. So too should our children. Hello, I'm Nick Law from Jennings, Florida. I love to listen to the virtual Bible study and hear God's Word taught every Thursday night. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program. And welcome back. We're looking forward to hearing from you again on the phones or over email. Join in on the discussion tonight as we talk about disciplining children and what the Bible says about that important subject. We're given a, a, a kind of a review of an interview that we played earlier. If you're just joining us, uh, we, we had an interview with uh, Jordan Ryak, who's with 
parents and teachers against violence in education, and and, and he operates a uh, an organization. He's the founder and executive director, and they have a website, nospank.net. Uh, we are kind of uh, giving a a critique of some of the things that he mentioned in the interview. And, and although we're disagreeing, I, I want it to be known that we certainly appreciate Mr. Ike's willingness to, to discuss this matter with us. This is a current events type of program because yeah. there is a legislation or has been recently in Massachusetts to make it illegal to spank children anywhere. Yeah. And so right. uh, what what would be the reaction that you would have to that legislation? What, how would you respond to that? What if you lived home? in such a state that passed a law like that? Let us know what you think. Uh, you know, sort of toward the end of the of the interview, Jacob, uh, Mr. Ryak said that he 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 did not think that parents who spank their children are guilty of lack of love necessarily. He just believes that they're uninformed and that if they learned better, they would do better. And he he made what I thought was a categorical statement, an, un, an unfounded and unfair categorical statement that spanking has only a downside, that there's no good thing that results from spanking. And I don't agree. I mean, uh, I, I, personal experience would bear out that uh, spanking is a positive thing in in many instances. I think in all instances wherein it is properly administered, uh, you know, to say it only has a downside, I think, uh, is is untrue and unfair to the available uh, uh, information or data or experience of people. Uh, that we know. Well, we had a commercial in the last break, Dad, when a rundown of scriptures was presented uh, that where the Bible teaches about corporal punishment. Let's review those. And, and yeah, yeah if you says. were listening to our break just a minute ago, uh, uh, Trent uh, Haynes, a member of the College View Church here, just read off the scriptures from the book of Proverbs that talk about the importance of properly disciplining our children, including spanking them. Uh, and, and let me let me give you those real quickly again. Chapter 13, verse 24 says that he who spares his rod hates his son. In other words, if you if you don't administer this kind of necessary discipline, not abusive discipline, not uncalled for discipline, but if you don't uh, administer this kind of necessary discipline, it's a sign that you do not love them properly, according to the word of God. Uh, Pretty bold statement there. He that spareth the rod hateth his son. Yeah, exactly right. All right, 19, verse 18 of Proverbs, chapter 19, verse 18. Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. What do you think about that? That's a pretty harsh statement as well. Well, notice he said you do that while there is hope. So in other words, you do this while you have hope of impressing that child toward the future. In other words, you're doing this toward the future. If you don't do this, then you're not properly ensuring that their future well-being. And the idea of his crying there does indicate there's some uh, some pain involved in this type of punishment. Exactly right. Um, chapter 22, verse 15 says, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. In other words, uh, children, by their very nature, are immature, and they make bad decisions, and they do things that they shouldn't do. And so proper training... The Bible says, including the use of corporal punishment, will instill wisdom in them and drive that foolishness away. And Proverbs chapter 23, verses 13 and 14, Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod, and shall deliver his soul from hell. Dad, uh, what about that? Is that the idea of getting out a baseball bat and, and having a well, this whack? Is, this is the King James Version you're reading here, Jacob, and it uses the word beat. Uh, and 
and that does, I mean, it, just taken at face value, that carries a harsh connotation. But clearly there are many b- biblical principles that would contradict the idea of abusive behavior that we would, in other words, if, if you were to beat, physically beat in the sense of conducting uh, uh, abuse toward a child, there are many things in the Bible that would argue against that kind of behavior. So that has to be this word has to be understood in the, in that in the light of what the Bible says elsewhere. And certainly, the idea of uh, Proverbs twenty three verses thirteen through fourteen is not that type of beating that would cause the long term physical damage, because it says here that he will not die. So the type of of uh, corporal punishment that's mentioned here is not that abusive type of punishment. Actually, another verse about child rearing that would come to play in, in conjunction with that statement is. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. In other words, abusive behavior, uh, I think other versions say bring uh, that parents are not to frustrate their children. Abusive behavior is frustrating to your purposes and to theirs. And so, uh, you know, this verse in the Proverbs, even though it uses the word beat in the King James uh, translation, is not suggesting or authorizing abusive conduct. And then in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 15, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. So again, plain statements. If you don't discipline your child, you don't love them, and there's going to be some drastic consequences for failing to discipline your children. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Well, Jacob, we've still got those questions out there that we asked earlier today, and we've got some feedback coming in. We've got several who are responding. If you have not responded yet, if you're listening and have not responded yet, uh, uh, what do you think the, about these questions? So you could comment about the interview we just uh, uh, had, but uh, what about these questions as well? What's the biggest mistake that today's parents make in regards to disciplining their children? Number two, what's the most important thing that parents must do to properly raise their children? Number three, what's the greatest danger to children that parents must be aware of in this modern world? 877-381-4567 is the way you can talk on the program. Let your voice be heard or send an email to questions at collegeview.com. Dad, you know, I think this should be a topic that our listeners have certain uh, beliefs about one way or the other. I look forward to our listeners joining in on the discussion tonight. Exactly right. Let's go to that first question. Let's 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 read some of the emails we've got relative to that first question. The first question again was, "What's the biggest mistake that today's parents make in regards to disciplining their children?" Uh, Randy in Jackson, Missouri says, "The biggest mistake is children should be disciplined for being rebellious or disobedient, not just for making a mistake. For example, when a six-year-old spills a glass of milk." That is a childlike mistake, not rebellion or disobedience. I agree. In other words, that goes to the point of it's got to be appropriate. Parents would be making a mistake if if their punishment is not appropriate to what's been done. I think a theme that we're going to see throughout this is that the discipline of your children is in, in designed to instill in them a respect for authority. And that's something that our, is foreign to many in our society. A lot of the hippie generation uh, demonstrated that lack of respect for authority, and now that hippie generation has raised children, and they are now raising children, and that idea is uh, pervasive among many of that generation that uh, there should not be that respect for authority. Exactly right. All right, uh, let's go on. Beverly has emailed, and Beverly says, I think the biggest mistake that parents make today regarding discipline is the fact that so many are not being consistent. 
They are tired of the struggling, the fussing, and they just give in. And kids quickly learn how to wear their parents down. Be consistent. Don't say one thing and do another. You become a liar when you do that. All right. So Beverly thinks that a failure to follow through, a failure to be consistent is a big mistake. And I think we're going to see that repeated in several of these responses we've got. Keith in Lynchburg, Tennessee, has written in the answer to that question. He says, the biggest mistake a parent could make is not being serious and follow through with the punishment. And I think that's the same sort of answer there, Jacob, the idea of not being consistent. Uh, you know, say one thing and do another or not follow through with what you said you were going to do. Uh, and, and that's common. I mean, as parents, I think probably all of us admit that we've been there and done that. We we told our kids that if they did this or didn't do that, we were going to punish them this way or that way and then didn't follow through with the punishment. And that uh, only reinforces bad behavior. So consistency is surely important. Jim in Somerset, Kentucky says, I believe the answer to your first question is forgetting the of the Lord from Ephesians 6 verse 4. I believe that parents fail miserably if they forget that their children are a sacred stewardship from God. God gives us children, yet he also expects us to prepare them for his service. We often discuss the stewardship of our finances, jobs, etc., but we often forget that we are also stewards of the little people that have been blessed to our rear. This failing to steward applies to any spiritual shortcoming that we may have in regards to our children, but the one that stands out most in my mind is our example. It is simply not enough for us to take our kids to church and read the Bible stories to them and think everything will be fine. No, if we desire to raise godly children, we need to show them that what godliness looks like. If we desire merciful children, we need to show them what mercy looks like. Albert Barnes said in his notes on Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, A man who does not pray is teaching his children not to pray. A man who neglects the public worship of God is teaching his children to neglect it, etc., If I had to add another mistake, I would say inconsistency, particularly telling a child that they will be punished or rewarded for a specified action, then making oneself into a liar by not following through with said punishment or reward. Why do people think that a lie doesn't count if it's told to a child? He says in parentheses, including about the one about the big bearded guy in the red suit, referencing Santa Claus there. So we appreciate Jim for his comments tonight. Okay, so Jim has basically said two things. One is not setting a good example, and the second thing, not being consistent. And so he sees those things as mistakes parents make. Certainly that'd be true. Set a bad example. Parents are being closely watched by their kids, and we're going to teach them powerful lessons by way of the example that we set. And if our example is not right, we're not going to raise them properly. So example, very important. And then he also mentions the idea of consistency, being consistent and following through. Uh, certainly very important. A few more before we take our break. Jim in Mount Pleasant says the biggest mistake that parents make is not being consistent in their approach to parenting. They need to make a decision and stick with it and not give in when children whine, cry, persist in trying to change their mind. One thing we did was to tell our children what one thing we did was to tell our children that each parent spoke for both parents. If one parent made a decision, both parents would stick by it. That way the children were not tempted when not getting the answer they wanted from the first parent, then go and try to get a different answer from the other parent. If they tried this and it was found out, the decision of the first parent was the one to be applied. Along those lines, Anthony in Columbia says the assuming the biggest parent or the the uh, 
parent disciplines their children, assuming that they discipline their children, he said his answer to question one would be the just the inverse of the question to answer to question two. The hardest thing, and therefore the biggest mistake, is being consistent and constant. Parents have to keep their guard up at all times. If we get lazy about disciplining our children, then we turn into, then in turn, become inconsistent in our discipline. If we're too lazy to get up off the couch and spank our child for the misbehavior, then we send the signal that it's okay. And later, when we haven't have the energy to spank them for the same misbehavior, uh, then we have just been inconsistent, and thereby we send mixed messages to our children. This teaches a child that we really don't care about how they behave because we only punish them half of the time. It is very difficult to be consistent and constant in our discipline. And so uh, excellent comment. Seems like there's a common thread through a lot of these, and that's the idea of being consistent in the administering of discipline. It's a consistent answer that I'm hearing. Yeah, consistent to be uh, the need of consistency. And finally, Bill says the biggest mistake that parents make today, and this observation is absolutely correct, the biggest mistake that uh, Bill sees is that parents simply don't discipline their children, and you see that so often. i got one more here, Jacob. I don't think we read from Phil in uh, Newcastle, Indiana. The biggest mistake, he said, is under, underestimating the commitment required. A lifetime of 24-7 influence. This is serious. Discipline is more diverse, harder, and it demands uh, its demands are longer than expected. I see parents who seem to know the right words to say when they were in the glow years of having children, but they wimp out when the glow is gone and it's lonely, confusing, and pleasant when they are tired and don't want to do it anymore. But that's sort of, Phil is sort of saying the idea, you got to follow through too, all the way through, be consistent. So uh, we're getting that answer a lot. Appreciate well, all those answers. One more break, and we're going to continue to take your comments, your feedback about the interview, or your, your questions or comments about disciplining children. Stay tuned. We've got more to go right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. Hello, everyone. I'm Monty, a member of the College View Church of Christ. So you've been hearing all about the College View Church of Christ on the virtual Bible study and are interested in finding out more about the church. But you live hundreds of miles away from Columbia, Tennessee, and can't come and visit with the congregation to find out more. There's no reason to fear. After all, we live in the 21st century. Here's what you can do to find out more about the College View Church of Christ. First, why don't you check out our website while you're listening to the virtual Bible study? You'll find important information about the church there, including bulletin articles there on various subjects and can even listen to sermons that have been presented at the College View Church in the past. Secondly, if you have questions about the church or about any Bible teaching, why don't you send an email to us and let us know how we can help. Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. That address, once again, is questions at collegeview.com. We can even have a personal Bible study with you over email if you desire. And finally, if you would rather talk with someone in person, give us a call at 931-381-4567. That's 931-381-4567. You can call this number anytime. If you don't get an answer, leave a message and we'll call you back as soon as we can. We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study and hope to hear from you soon. I'm Arthur Haynes from Kaleoka, Tennessee, and one of my greatest highlights of the week is to listen to the virtual Bible study. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The Virtual Bible Study continues. And welcome back to the Virtual Bible Study. You know, every time we have a break, we have a 
testimonial there, people who like to listen to virtual Bible study. And if you have the ability to record yourself on your computer, why not uh, make a recording and tell us where you are and uh, that you listen to the virtual Bible study. Maybe tell us if you listen live or in the podcast, and we can play uh, your recording back to audience to let other people know that you're out there on the virtual Bible study tonight. We are glad you are out there, and we are looking forward to your comments still to go in the program tonight at 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Uh, Jacob, we just got an email in from Jack, uh, who's in Fort Belvoir, Virginia tonight. And he writes, uh, biggest mistake parents make biggest mistake is not disciplining their children in accordance with God's word, uh, the Bible. Disciplining their children can come about visually, verbally, or physically. The proverb writer tells us in chapter 19, verse 18, discipline your son while there is hope and do not desire his death. Children, like adults, need boundaries or left and right limits. Children, uh, Christian parents, providing these God-given limits will help guide their children to a life of happiness and peace. Without boundaries or simply left, they are left to themselves. Children will aimlessly wander through a life filled with sadness and turmoil. Letting a child know what is right and wrong demonstrates your love for the child. When they are very young, it will have to be done primarily through visual and verbal instruction. A smile and positive kind words evoke positive reinforcement, whereas stern words uh, well, there went my email. Whereas stern words and a frown evoke a negative reinforcement. In addition, physical or corporal punishment as a last resort will be necessary as they mature. Don't wait till they are two years old to begin this type of discipline. Otherwise, you'll experience what a lot of parents call the terrible twos. My experience is corporal punishment should begin no later than 18 months and can be comprised of a quick strike of the hand onto the back of the child's leg. It may consist of a quick strike to the hand as well. I, uh, it should never be done in anger, but in love and concern for the well-being of the child. The correction must get their attention and must cause enough discomfort to eliminate the inappropriate behavior. And if done correctly, it will not cause any physical damage whatsoever. God does not condone abusing children, but physical punishment is approved by God. F- foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will remove it far from him. Proverbs 22, verse 15. Too many parents fear utilizing corporal punishment as they are concerned about reprisals. This is a legitimate concern given our day and age, but the danger of not using this type of discipline has a far greater spiritual reprisal to our children, and I dare say to us as well. The proverb writer says in chapter 22, verses 13 and 14, Do not hold back discipline from the child. Although you beat him with the rod, he will not die. You shall beat him with the rod and deliver his soul from hell. Okay, appreciate Jack with that with those comments on disciplining children and doing it properly certainly thank you for listening tonight in virginia jack jacob we 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 need to move quickly to the second question we may not get all of our emails in tonight Uh, the second question we asked was what's the most important thing that parents must do to raise their children properly randy uh in jackson missouri has said set the right example explain things in understandable bible-based language and logic so set a good example make sure they understand the rules Beverly says, I think the most important thing that parents can do in raising their kids is to love one another the way God intended, serving one another and submitting to one another. Kids, as a general rule, learn to be a spouse and a parent from their parents. Our example as parents and husband and wife are so important to what our children take into their marriages as spouses and parents. So Beverly says, set a good example. Bill and... And Indiana says, genuinely love them. Most important thing you got to do, genuinely love them, teach them, model faithfulness, lots of other things. But all will be less than effective if it is not done with the unmistakable context of love for them. Jim has a good observation in 
Somerset, Kentucky, where he says, show them that God is real. A remarkable number of young people abandon faith when they get to college. I am convinced that this is partly due to the experience they had with religion while still at home. Many times they get disillusioned by some new theory because they have never had a solid foundation laid for them at home. In other words, while they may have come from a religious home, God may never have seemed real to them. While it is not always the parent's fault, many times it is. Sometimes children see a parent who professes with the mouth that they believe, but their life portrays them as a hypocrite. We need to show our children true, genuine Christianity so they will experience what Job did in Job uh, 42, verse 5, where Job says, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. They need to be shown that God is real, and then they will have the foundation they need to build their own relationship with him. Jim makes excellent comments there about having that faith and having it evidenced in your life so your children can see that in your life. Bill has said that the most important thing you got to do is set a good example. Do as I say, not as I do, just will not work, especially with Christian parents. So, again, the idea of setting a good example is mentioned. Jim in Mount Pleasant says, show your children that love includes discipline and follow up on that discipline with love. If you need to spank the child, never do it in anger and always be sure to talk to the child about why the discipline was applied and assure them that you have confidence in their ability not to make the same mistake. Let them know that you will always do what you say, good or bad, and they will always trust you. Jay, we got an email just coming in from Chris in Lexington, Tennessee. And Chris is commenting on the interview we did earlier, and he says, I got the feeling from the interview that this man thinks that spanking is something that people used to think was good, but now enlightened people know better. He compared it to not smoking and other things that have been proven as harmful to man. However, if we do not believe the Bible, then there are lots of things that will seem wrong to us. Biblical subjects like marriage, divorce, lying, lives of commitment will all seem out of step with popular opinion. If I do not believe the Bible, then whatever seems right in my own eyes will rule my life. And so it uh, all gets back to authority, doesn't it? Exactly. And not spanking your child shows that you don't believe that there is that authority, that structure that needs to be there. And you will show it in your life in every aspect of your life, failing to respect the authority of God and his word. Thank you, Chris, for listening. Thank you for those comments. We got an email from Mike here in Columbia, Tennessee. Mike says, from Mr. Reacts stand against spanking as being harmful to children, could we also assume that he is against abortion? Of course, that's a different topic. I don't know. I don't know what his take on that would be. But in other words, uh, abortion obviously is truly harmful to the child, takes a life of a child. So that would be uh, something that would be logical. And, and he says the biggest mistake that today's parents make, he quotes Ecclesiastes 8, verse 11, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. In other words, prompt, appropriate discipline. And Mike says, I think this can also apply to disciplining children uh, if all parents do is just threaten but never follow through or do anything about it. So, again, got to follow through with the discipline. You but- ask a third question. Thank you, Mike, for those comments tonight. You ask a third question on your survey today. And you have disciplined our audience to giving two questions per week. And some people didn't answer the third, uh, maybe because of that discipline you had uh, have conditioned them to. But your third question was, what is the greatest danger to children that parents must be aware of in this modern world? And we got some good responses to that question. Yeah, Beverly said that uh, there are many things that concern me as a parent of a 22-year-old, 20-year-old, 17-year-old, and 14-year-old. 
that weren't even in the picture when I was growing up. We have to teach our children God's word from their earliest memories and help them learn to want to please their father. Then at some point we have to trust that we've done the best we can. We can't shelter them forever. Will they make mistakes? Sure they will. But Lord willing, we will have taught them enough to pick themselves up and put themselves back on the track that they need to be on. That's called growing. I think as parents, we're afraid to let our children make mistakes, but we need to remember that we are who we are today because of the mistakes that we made and the growth that came from them. We need to be really careful not to take that valuable growing tool away from our children, is what Beverly says. Jim says, in regards to your third question, this is Jim in Somerset, Kentucky, in regards to your third question, my mind is having trouble selecting an answer. I began to talk about the Internet, then postmodernism, then anti-theist, like Richard Dawkins, etc., then ecumenicalism, divorce, premarital sex, liberalism. As you can see, the list goes on. Since this email is already longer than anyone should have to listen to me, uh, let me conclude by saying Satan. Satan is the biggest concern for our children today, as he has always been, and he will continue to be our biggest concern for as long as we have to deal with the wretched beast. Fortunately, God provided the solution to that problem with the blood of his own son. Thanks be to God. And so thank you, Jim, for those excellent comments tonight. Keith in Lynchburg, Tennessee, has said the greatest danger is humanism. Satanism and Darwinism are serious threats on any medium or any medium that promotes them or their lifestyles. He goes on to say in response to the interview, he implied that a rule has to be made for every single thing in life we do. Sure, we need to protect our children, but we must also use reason. You can't make a law for common sense. The Bible makes a point to raise up a child in the way he should go, and they won't depart from it. Uh, if he doesn't believe the Bible, how could he tell me how to raise a child if I do believe in the Bible? If I'm a Christian and believe I should punish my child for things that I believe they should be punished for. Children are a blessing to us, but untrained, they will surely grow up to be enemies of God. Thank you, uh, 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 Keith, for your input tonight. It is somewhat ironic that those who have a problem with establishing authority by corporal punishment would then make rules and lay down law or laws for others uh, in regards to that corporal punishment. We got an email from Phil in Indiana who says the greatest danger to children that parents have to be aware of, greatest danger uh, is is to realize that the enemy is bigger than any of us recognize while we're raising our children and they are growing toward independence. Consequently, we get overwhelmed thinking we have really prepared for a fight. Faithfulness is not cheap. The whole family must take the basics very seriously and explain why they are so important. This can be done while still saying, I'm not sure how hard it will get, but this is what we need to be committed to so that the faith of each of us will survive and even be useful to God. So uh, Phil is basically saying that the greatest danger is not realizing the danger. Jim in Mount Pleasant, Tennessee, makes some excellent comments that I like here. The greatest danger is thinking that children can make their own decision without guidance. The uh, illogical ideas of letting water find its own level or I'm not going to force my beliefs on my children makes no sense since one, as a parent, is to be a guide and an example. It is like saying that I know I'm supposed to be a guide to my child in the way that they should go, but I'm just going to let them find uh, it on their own way. This is a sure danger. Sadly, this is exactly what we are finding being advocated today. Those who suggest that spanking is a form of punishment are the same type of people who are responsible for the lack of respect that many young people have for adults today. Children are not taught to respect nor to obey adults. Our schools suffer from a lack of discipline and order because adults have no rights to exercise any discipline without fearing court reprisal. 
Thus, students know that they can pretty much do what they want without fearing any type of real punishment. The law has no teeth, so it is ignored. No one is advocating abuse of children. However, we as parents should have the right to raise our children according to beliefs that we think will make them good Christians and honest citizens. These rights are slowly being eroded to the point where parents only function as creating the children and doing nothing else. More and more, the liberal element of our society wants to enact laws which force people to obey their viewpoints or face criminal punishment. Funny how it works, isn't it? They don't want us to discipline their children, to raise our children the way we believe, and so they want to enact laws to force us or discipline us to do things the way they believe. What hypocrisy. Real quick, Jake, if I want to comment, Jack uh, has, uh, has sent in uh, Greatest Danger. He mentions two things that I think are, are great uh, and important to, to specify. He says, for the very young, uh, the greatest danger is television or cable TV, uh, allowing parents allowing their kids to vegetate uh, in front of the television for hours a day. Uh, and then for eight years old and up, the biggest danger, he says, is the Internet uh, extreme acts of deviant behavior abound on the internet and easy access to pornography and so forth. And I think Jack's right. We've we've commented about the dangers of the media in the past and need to keep mentioning that. There's one comment here that we have left out, and that's from Bill. He says the greatest danger to children is peer pressure in general. Kids will naturally try to be like the kids they spend time with. So appreciate that comment. Boy, we had a lot of good uh, emails, Jay, and had to hurry to get them all in, and we didn't really actually hit on every point of every email, but uh, we sure do appreciate those who participated and who gave us their thoughts on the program tonight. Thank you for listening, Dad. Thank you for the good discussion, uh, certainly beneficial things that we discussed tonight. Uh, I think it's really important, and as parents, we, we really need to be attuned to the importance of properly rearing our children, disciplining them as necessary, and doing all the things that God would have us to do uh, with that important stewardship of parenting. And thanks to Mr. Ryak as well for his interview. That's right, and uh, we do uh, appreciate his willingness to talk to us, and uh, even knowing that we would disagree with some of his conclusions, he was willing to do that, and we thank him very much. And he says he doesn't believe the Bible, but we would encourage him to study the Bible and find out the the truths of God's Word revealed there and, and understand that peace and that joy that's revealed within the pages of God's Word. Exactly right. We appreciate you listening. We hope you'll make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.